Hare Krishna, dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the live studios in Hive, Southeast England, just near the English Channel. And you know, as I've told you many times before, the, the Anglo-Saxon translation of Hive is Haven. So it's really become a haven since we started living in this flat and reading every day Srila Prabhupada's books and now the Briya Bhagavatamrita. So, we've also has, have our, our newest devotee, Bhakta Eden, is here uh, again to hear the wonderful story we're hearing from him and telling him also the story about Prabhupada. Okay, Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Sanatan Goswami, uh, glorifying the Srimad Bhagavatam in the most wonderful way. And there it is, the English Channel. And it goes like this Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drik Prada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalidwandodita Aditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya, Prema Varshak Jadayate, Sarvada Sarvasevyaya, Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you, who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of Prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madekabando Matsangin, Madguru Man Mahadana. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu, sadhu tadayin, atini chuchutakoda, hanamun chagadachin mam, Premna rit kantayos Buddha. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So here we are together again, hearing the last chapter of the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, chapter 7 of the second part. And we've reached text 108. How is that for auspiciousness? Yes. And we're hearing 
Maharaj Prikshit through Jaimini speaking to Janavijaya. The select verses of the Srimad Bhagavatam, well, Brahma Samhita, we've always heard those, uh, Srimad Bhagavatam explaining the glories of the residents of Brajabhumi and Vrindavan itself in the spiritual world and in, in here, on, in Bhumi, Bhumi Vrindavan on the earth. Text 108. O friend, Vrindavan is spreading the glory of the earth, having obtained the treasure of the lotus feet of Krishna, the son of Devaki. The peacocks dance madly when they hear Govinda's flute, and upon seeing them from the hilltops, other creatures all become stunned. Commentary Simply mentioning the gopis' special love for Krishna has put Prikshit Maharaj in their mood. Thus, he is inspired to recite some of the prayers the gopis sang in praise of the great personalities of Braja, beginning with the Vrindavan forest itself. When a group of gopis heard the song of Krishna's all-enchanting flute as he entered the Vrindavan forest, they were immersed in the rasas of pure love and shared their thoughts with one another. In this verse, Bhagavatam 10.21.10, one of them says to Srimati Radharani that Vrindavan has made the earth more glorious than Indra's heaven or in other words, more glorious than all the other planets in the universe. Krishna, by making Vrindavan with his unique marking, Vrindavan with his unique auspicious footprints, has bestowed upon every creature in Vrindavan the rarely found prized jewel of all goals of life, bhakti yoga, the treasure of blissful devotional service to him. Krishna marked Vrindavan not only with his shoes, but with his bare feet, which are compared to lotuses because of being very tender. The ground of Vrindavan, therefore, is exceedingly lucky to be touched by Krishna's lotus feet, despite being strewn with pebbles and thorns. Vrindavan is most fortunate because of Krishna's presence. Though Lord Vishnu and the other forms of Godhead appear in Swargaloka and other places, they are only avatars of Krishna, not but Devakinandana, who appeared in Vrindavan, is the source of all avatars. Therefore, to establish Krishna as avatari, the source of all expansions of God, the gopis need only call him Deviki Sutta, the son of Devaki. Saying this is enough to prove that Vrindavan has raised the earth to a status higher than that of the heavenly planets. For even when Krishna appears as other incarnations on other planets of the universe, oh, for even when Krishna appears as other incarnations or other planets of the universe, those planets never become as blessed with opulence, Labda Lakshmi, 
as the earth does when he appears in Vrindavan. In other incarnations, Krishna behaves like the Supreme Controller. And this makes it difficult for him to leave his bare footprints freely here and there. Although the gopis know everything there is to know, their overwhelming ecstatic love forces them to see the Supreme Lord as the son of Yashoda and no one else. They call him Deviki Sutta only because it was Deviki who brought him the original avatari into this world. Only in Vrindavan does the Supreme Person appear as Govinda, the lord of the cows, Gavam Indra, who delights in playing with the cows and cowherds, wears a peacock feather with gun and gunja berries on his head, decorates himself with a garland of kadamba flowers and other forest ornaments, and holds in his hand his constant friend, the flute. As soon as the peacocks in Vrindavan hear the murmuring of Govinda's flute, they, rec they conclude that a dark cloud is announcing the approaching of rain and begin to dance. And seeing the peacocks dancing, all the other living beings gathered in groups on the peaks of the hills stop whatever they are doing and just stand there, stunned in ecstasy. Thus, Vrindavan makes the earth more glorious than any other realm, even Vaikuntha. The words Venum Anu, following the flute, mean that as soon as the peacocks drink with their ears a few drops of, ne of the nectar coming from Krishna's distant flute, they burst into wild dancing. But the words can, but the words can be split differently. Venu, Manu, the mantra chanted by the flute, indicates that the sound of Krishna's flute has the mystic power to enchant the peacocks and make them dance in intoxication. That powerful mantra produces various peculiar effects throughout Vrindavan. The peacocks are the first to respond to it, but its echoes reach even the peaks of the hills, which are attractive, priksha, to everyone, and are the source of birth of the bamboo flute. Hearing this mantra, all the living beings standing on the peaks cease their activities. Another possible re reading is that the peak of Govardhan Hill is Preksha, most beautiful and always visible to the people of Braj. At the outset of the Govardhan Puja, as the multitude of offerings were pre being presented to feed Govardhan, the Supreme Personality of Godhead seated himself on Govardhan's peak and announced, Shiloh Smi, I am this hill. The words avataranya samasta satvam mean that all other creatures become stunned. But these words also apply to Vrindavan in the sense that the lower material modes, passion and ignorance, cannot act there and only the perfectly pure mode of Vishuddha Sattva prevails. As confirmed in Srimad Bhagavatam 10.35.9, even the trees 
and creepers of Vrind in Vrindavan have attained the status of pure goodness. The trees and creepers of this forest are so luxuriant with fruits and flowers that they seem to be manifesting Lord Vishnu within their hearts. As the branches bend low with the weight, the filaments on their trunks and vines stand erect, erect in the ecstasy of love of God. And both the trees and the creepers pour down a rain of sweet sap. Vishuddha Sattva is the substance of Vaikuntha, as described in the Bhagavatam's second canto, 2.9.10. In the spiritual world, there is neither the mode of passion, nor the mode of ignorance, nor a mixture of both, nor is there adulterated goodness, nor the influence of time, or maya itself. Only the pure devotees of the Lord, who are worshipped both by demigods and by demons, reside in the spiritual world as the Lord's associates. In other words, the mode of sattva in Vaikuntha is never mixed with rajas or tamas. It is always vishuddha, completely pure. Thus, in Vaikuntha, there is no material goodness which is a product of maya. Nayatra maya kim utapare. Maya and her products have no presence in Vaikuntha. The transcendental nature of Vaikuntha is called sattva only because the behavior of Vaikuntha's residents resembles in some ways that of persons influenced, influenced by the material sattva guna. <clears throat> Vaikuntha has demigods, for example, who resemble their sattvika counterparts in the material world. And since Vrindavan on earth equals <clears throat> and surpasses Vaikuntha, Vrindavan too is permeated by Vishuddha Sattva. And yet there is another way to understand Prekshadri, San Abhatan, Avataranya, Samasta Sattvam. When the creatures of Vrindavan hear Krishna playing his flute, many of them faint from ecstasy and fall on top of one another. And, st <laughs> and stacked in piles, they resemble the peaks, Sanus, of Govardhan and Vraja's other beautiful hills, Preksha Adri. Others respond to the sound of the flute by standing still and staring into the distance to try to locate Krishna. Actually, apart from the peacocks, all living beings at once cease their external activity when they hear Krishna's flute. But transcendentally, they respond in various ways. When the peacocks dance, when the peacocks dance wildly, the other animals remain motionless to fix their minds on hearing the flute and to look for Krishna. Every one of them, however, experiences the greatest limit of ecstasy. There is another possible reading. All the living beings of Braja who were standing in high places, Sanu, were intently engaged, Avaratha, in offering their services to Krishna. The birds, for example, 
were mildly chirping for Krishna's pleasure, and all other beings were happily absorbed in their own personal services. Or else, by standing in high places to better view Sri Krishna, the other creatures were arranging for their protection, ava, from the terrible pain of being separated from Krishna. And they were busily absorbed, ratani, in their own services for Krishna. Not only the dancing peacocks, but all the other animals, anya samasta sattvam, the kokila birds, for example, were busily engaged in service. And for the mischievous and violent animals, the main way to serve Krishna is to put aside their natural proclivities. Alternatively, this is Sanatana Goswami, he sees every single word from so many different angles of vision. It's amazing, simply amazing. Alternatively, the logical connection of the phrases in this verse can be understood in a different order. First, Krishna saw the peacocks dancing and then responded by playing his flute. When the peacocks first noticed Krishna entering the forest, they saw the friend of all peacocks, the one with a peacock feather always decorating his head. Picked up, pick up their feathers from the ground. They then became mad with joy and began to dance. Seeing the peacocks dance, Krishna happily raised his flute to his lips and played. All the living beings on the mountain peaks responded to the sound by stopping all activity other than looking at Krishna and listening to his flute. As in, and as implied by the word samasta, all, the peacocks as well stopped dancing. At first they manifested the ecstasy of dancing and then after hearing the flute, they were stunned, overcome by ecstasy. Such a scene is never observed in Vaikuntha. Text 109. <clears throat> oh, my favorite verse. Hantayam Adrilapala Haridasyavaryo Yad Rama Krishna Chadana Sparasha Pramodaha Manam Tanoti Sahago Ganayostayoryat Paniya Suyapasakandara Kandamulahai Only of all the devotees, this Govardhan Hill is the best. O oh, my friends, for Krishna and Balaram, along with their calves, cows, and cowherd friends, this hill supply, supplies all necessities, caves, fruits, flowers, edible roots, water for drinking, and very soft grass. In this way, the hill offers respects to the Lord, being touched by the lotus feet of Krishna and Balaram. Govardhan Hill appears very jubilant. Commentary. Next, Parikshit Maharaj cites a verse in praise of Govardhan. Bhagavatam, Bhagavatam 
10.21.18, spoken by another of the gopis. She addresses her girlfriends with the interjection, Hanta, which expresses both joy and amazement. This Govardhan, she says, is certainly the best of all the servants of the Supreme Lord, who is named Hari, because he takes away everyone's sins and miseries and everyone's heart. As evidence that Govardhan is the best of Krishna's devotees, he, she mentions that from the touch of the lotus feet of Krishna in Balaram, he displays ecstasy, the grass growing on his body, looking just like bodily hair standing on end, the water trickling down its sides, looking for uh, like perspiration, looking just like perspiration. Furthermore, Govardhan performs elaborate worship not only of Krishna and Balaram, but also of their cows and cowherd friends. In addition to the cows, the word go here indicates the other animals herded by Krishna, buffaloes, goats and others. The ganas are Krishna's companions, Balaram, Sridhama and the other cowherd boys. Govardhan worships them with Worship them all with the things that give them special pleasure, including drinks, paniya, like water, honey, and sugarcane juice. He also offers su yavasa, excellent grass, or taking su to mean various products, like fruits and flowers, he offers such things along with fresh grass. In his caves, he provides beds and seats made of stones, and lamps and mirrors made of jewels. And he gives various root vegetables for Krishna and the boys to eat. Thus he is the best of Krishna's devotees because with loving devotion he serves not only Krishna but also Krishna's brother, his friends and his cows. By saying this and by calling the other girls abala or feeble girls, the gopi speaks speaking implies that she and the other gopis are less fortunate than Govardhan. Bewildered by their love for Krishna, they lack the strength to render such valuable services. Another way to understand the words Rama Krishna Charana Sparasha Pramoda is that Krishna's feet give happiness to the entire world and always enjoy many kinds of sports. Govardhan delights those two lotus feet whenever they touch the stones on his surface, which, which then at once becomes soft like newly churned butter and very cool or else slightly warm as may suit the time. Or taking yet another mean, and yet or taking yet other meanings of Rama and Charana, Krishna's playful behavior, Charana is enchanting Rama for the entire world. Govardhan takes pleasure, Pramoda, in helping Krishna reveal his enchanting pastimes, which bring everyone in the world in contact, Sparasha, with his lotus feet. Because we gopis cannot do what Govardhan does, the speaker of this verse seems to say, we are condemned. Thus, even though the gopis are full of all virtues, 
they consider themselves inadequate, such as the natural dissatisfaction of persons on the highest levels of pure love of God. Hare Krishna. Text 10, 110. In the company of Balaram and the cowherd boys, Lord Krishna is continually vibrating his flute as he herds all the animals of Braja, even under the full heat of the summer sun. Seeing this, the cloud in the sky has expanded himself out of love. He is rising high and constructing from his own body with its multitude of flower-like droplets of water an umbrella for the sake of his friend. Commentary Maharaj Prikshit has glorified Brajabhumi in a general way by praising its principal attractions, the Vrindavan Forest and Govardhan Hill. Now, in 41 verses, beginning with this one, Bhagavatam 10.21.16, he will continue to glorify Brajabhumi by praising various forms of life in Braja. One after another, in order of increasing importance, he selects these, those living beings that receive Krishna's special mercy, each in its own way. We can understand that, sh that King Prikshit, while reciting each of these verses, felt something of the individual ecstatic moods of the devotees he was describing. The clouds in the sky above Rajabhumi may not have taken birth inside Raja and by ordinary judgment may not even be considered living beings, but simply by floating over Braja and obtaining Krishna's mercy, these clouds have come to life. Therefore the gopis glorify them. The gopis single out a particular cloud that went out of his way to serve Krishna. That cloud once saw Krishna, Balarama and their friends herding their countless cows, bull buffaloes and other animals and letting the animals wander even into the hot summer sun, Krishna playing constantly on his flute. The cloud guessed that Krishna and his friends might be getting tired, so he placed himself just above the spot where the boys gathered at midday on the relatively cool ground in the shade of a circle of trees. Listening to Krishna play his flute and call out the cat to the cows, the cloud filled with ecstasy, rumbled with gentle thunder, and as his voice was and, and, and as if his voice were ecstatically choking in his throat, and sprinkled fine drops of rain as if to shed ecstatic tears of joy. These offerings of love inspired Krishna to encourage the cows even more in his sweet, deep voice to take advantage of the opportunity to eat plenty of grass. The, the clouds increasing ecstasy as he watched Krishna from closer and closer made the cloud grow bigger and bigger. He could presume himself Krishna's friend because both he and Krishna were fully absorbed in working for the general welfare of the world. So as a person naturally serves a dear friend, the cloud took care to serve Krishna. 
like a huge umbrella, he shaded Krishna and he poured down a cooling rain. A cloud's raindrops are called its flowers, mega pushpa. So the drops that fell on the boys were like small flowers, or else the cloud literally showered them with heavenly flowers. This cloud gave special pleasure to Krishna by trying to serve not only Krishna, but also his brother Balarama and all the cowherd boys and cows and the other animals. By describing this situation, the gopi speaking means to say, My dear girls, that cloud is most fortunate. But, if we, are un but we are unfortunate. In every respect, our fate is just the opposite of his. When Krishna goes out to herd his cows, we hardly ever have a chance to see him. And even if we do, we become bewildered by hearing his flute. Distressed by love, we become debilitated, unable to act. How then can we do any practical service for Krishna? Like shading him from the noontime sun. Hare Krishna. Now I want to remind everyone, well I didn't remind you because I didn't say it in the beginning, but I expect a very important phone call from Giriraj Swami tonight at 8.10. So I'm going to have to stop early. Not now, but I'm just warning you so that it doesn't come into such a shock to everyone. Um, text 111. I'll stop a little bit early so we can still have some discussions. Text 111. When the rivers hear the flute song of Krishna, their minds begin to desire Him, and thus the flow of their currents breaks and their agitated waters move around in whirlpools when the arms of their of the, their waves the rivers then with the arms of their waves the rivers embrace murari's lotus feet and holding on to them present offerings of lotus flowers commentary the rivers in braja receive even greater mercy than the clouds to externalize, the rivers of Braja may seem unconscious, but they are not ordinary bodies of water. Thus, another gopi sings this verse, Bhagavatam 10.21.15, in praise of all those rivers, headed by Sri Yamuna and Manasi Ganga. Or else, only one river is being praised, namely the Yamuna, and she is being referred to in the plural, out of great respect. In any case, since the other rivers of Braja are Sri Yamuna's companions, when she is glorified to all, so are they all. Krishna is called Mukunda because he is the bestower of supreme happiness. The vibration of his flute is the sweetest of all songs. When he plays his flute near the rivers, the sound enters the river's ears and captures their hearts, making them feel the intense attraction of Cupid, which brings agitated whirlpools to their surface and stops their flowing currents. Or, understanding the word lakshita differently, 
the rivers undergo many thousands of ecstatic transformations caused by desire. If the words Mukunda Gitam Avarta, Avarta, are split instead as Mukunda Gita Mavarta, the luxuriant potency, Ma, of the song from Sri Mukunda's flute brings about recurring waves, Avarta, of ecstatic symptoms, which disclose that the rivers are feeling agitated by Cupid. The gopi speaking on the depth, in the depth of her love for Krishna, is too confused and fearful to mention his flute explicitly. But obviously enough, the words tut and gitam, which refer back to previous verses, imply the flute. The waves of the rivers are like arms, with which the rivers take hold of Krishna's feet in utter humility gently covering those lotus feet in their embrace. The rivers do this just to calm the fever of lust in their hearts. If instead of covered, we take stagitam to mean unmoving, the, river, the rivers embrace Krishna's lotus feet with loving enthusiasm, even though those feet are unmoved, too proud to reciprocate. Or else, Taking stagitam to mean stopped, Krishna's feet are very restless, always moving here and there, yet they become tranquil by the pleasant touch of the river's embrace. The rivers express their love for Krishna by catching hold of his feet with their waves. Any river fortunate enough to have Krishna standing within her waters would certainly want to offer suitable worship to his divine feet. But the force of Cupid's attraction bewilders the rivers and slows their currents. So despite possessing immense treasures of jewels, pearls and other riches, the rivers can manage present to present only lotus flowers. Or, reading the word Kamala as a female name, by convention, a name of the goddess Lakshmi, the rivers who worship Krishna with their embraces are themselves worshipped by Lakshmi. When the rivers hear the enchanting song of Krishna's flute, they forget their normal tendency to flow toward their husband, the ocean. Instead, they turn still and assume human-like forms. And instead of their own gems and pearls, they offer Krishna his favorite Braja-grown lotuses, presenting them on top of golden necklaces, upahara. The rivers would touch the two feet of Sri Murari with their many long arms, their waves, and hold his feet firm in their embrace. Therefore the gopi says, we are not actually fortunate, but these rivers are, not only are we unable to listen to the song of Krishna's flute, but our desire to become with Krishna does not stop the endless flow of service to our husbands, nor our other household duties. We cannot appear before him in person, nicely dressed and suitably ornamented for his worship, nor do we have many long, broad arms with which we can stop the restlessness of his lotus feet 
and place them on our breasts. Hare Krishna. And I'm going to stop there because I'm going to have this early meeting and I, I mean this uh, telephone call with Giriraj Maharaj. Very important. So I'm going to stop here and humbly request the Vaishnavas to uh, reflect upon these verses which are it's going somewhere, you know. It's the gopis are, are glorifying each one of the living beings in Braja as being more glorious than them, better devotees than them. This is the ultimate expression of dainya, ultimate humility, in which they think everyone else is a devotee except for me, including the clouds and all the living beings, the rivers, mountains inconceivable inconceivable okay Hare Krishna from Stella Erzig Shadanjali Hare Krishna Hare Krishna and prayers for his grace Pankajangri Prabhu mm. yes play, prayers for Pankajangri one of the iconic twins legendary legends in their own time been in Mayapur the whole length of time of their devotional careers and they've had long devotional careers but I'm sure that Lord Shingadev is giving them shelter Hare Krishna from Vrajvalaba Hare Krishna Maharaj please accept my humble obeisances or grace to Srila Prabhupada Haribo Braj is the flute a separate living entity? Is what? Is the flute a separate living entity? Yes. From Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Jai Guru Dev, please accept my humble obeisances. O glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai Giri Govardhan. Govardhan is the happiest place in this world. Yes. I cannot agree more. From Gopakanya Devidasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all friends. Jai Shri Brihat Bhagavatam. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Hari Bo, Hare Krishna. Thank you so much. They're really cooperative. These devotees are really cooperative. <laughs> Thank you so much for letting me stop early. And uh, and I'll see you tomorrow night. Shri Brihat Bhagavatam Rita Ki Jai. Samabeda Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai. Glorious to the assembled devotees. Gora Prem Anandi Hari Hari Bol. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic. The Prem to the Prem to the Prem. To the Krem to the Prem. Is it the Prem or is it the Krem? It's both the Prem and the Krem. Hari Krishna. Hari Bol. <laughs>